Hello and welcome to episode 65 of I'm Fine. I always get surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Creeps up on you. <laughs> it does. They keep going up like one by one. Mm. Mad. It's a chat between myself, Damo, and someone who's wonderful with words but can't be bothered to type them properly on texts. I've been meaning to bring this up for a while. Fire. You should just read some of your texts back to me. All like, right. You can't, they're illegible, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> you either, you're either haven't got spell check on or you just... You're in such a hurry. No, I don't use spell check. <laughs> Clearly. It's just, sometimes I think it's like a different language. Sometimes kind of... I leave mistakes in, though, to... To, mm. to what? Keep me on my toes? Con- convey a sense of frenetic activity. It's almost like if you can <laughs> read all those Chaos. mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, don't... Right, would you just give me a challenge? Like, is it like a word game? <laughs> just trying to work out actually what you mean. So it, could be the, it could be the difference between something important, couldn't it? Or not. You know yeah, I, mean? I guess. I like, guess. Snintet could be send help <laughs> couldn't it if you if you're actually drowning or something yeah. I, was like, I just want to be stupid texts again <laughs> then i find out you know okay. you've drowned yeah. then it was your last text i'll, I'll keep some keywords like drown and mugged maybe we should have a really short kind of um emergency safe word yeah <laughs> if you send it me i'll just come i'll come I'll and find just... me track me <laughs> yeah um mark hello Damien, good chat, evening. chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, and Mark's extensive CV. We need to go through that. I think we need to pick some of your jobs out again. Okay. And talk. There's, there's a lot. I know, that's what I mean. It's yeah. plenty of material. Yeah. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness that our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us in your podcast app and follow us on the socials by searching for I'm Finecast. And please do drop us an email at imfinecast at gmail.com. Coming up in this lovely Friday episode, uh, warm up and stretch, catch up and bookmarks, back to normal service, have you noticed? You're no. all right. It's like catatonic. You're right. <laughs> sit there staring at me like no, completely right. motionless. Was... Are you thinking or are you just weirding me out? I'm just weirding you okay, out. Okay, fine. It's the evening session, isn't it? <laughs> this is my sort of vampire time. You, it's you setting the tone. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to work really hard. Are Taking you, you down or you're a just level. going to come out and not stop for an hour in a minute. I don't know which way you're going to go. It's exciting. <laughs> just like your text. Work-life ballet got mental bandwidth and brain food. We've got okay and neutral faces, which will come to at the right time. Mm. Mark, it's great to see you. Thank you. I like your beard. It's very masculine and makes you look right clever. <laughs> also, you smell nice again. Mmm. Okay. Well, I didn't put on the aftershave. Oh, did you which your natural odour? Mm. All right, very nice. It's your natural musk. <laughs> it's it's six layers of clothing that I've just slept Swaying in. That's sweat. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> baked in sweat. Imagine if you could sweat and it was like a sort of Joe Malone perfume. Yeah, Wouldn't that pe- be good? Well, people milked you for it because <laughs> yeah. it was so delicious. <laughs> oh, it's weird, isn't it? Milk's an all right word, but when you say milk something, it just becomes massively unsavory. Yeah, because you didn't like quickly. the aphids, did you? Oh no, I didn't. No, no, just a. Just the yeah. act of milking something is pretty rank, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, you see, like boiling a bag. <laughs> I see, like boiling you... a bag. I don't feel. I don't think I'm giving you a lot of comfort vibes, am I? I'm. I'm tensed. And you are. I'll pay you. I'll say something like, nice. <laughs> you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing that kind of thing that bodybuilders do. You like that? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna chill. <laughs> I'm gonna. Is that your chill? You look exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, so it's a little reminder that we're now doing one podcast per week that would be published every Friday morning at 5am UK time. Mm. I don't know why I picked five. It just seemed, yeah. you know, early. 
uh, cracker sparrows, as we say. Uh, and we made from. I'm about to use sparrow in one of my mailbag letters today. Are you? Mm. Oh, what crack of or just sparrow? No. Okay. Uh, we may. What do you mean, one of your letters? I've received a letter in mailbag. Oh, okay, well, brilliant. we have, but I opened it. I right, I'd be brave. Oh, I need to talk. I need to talk to you about that in a minute, actually. Um, about opening opening emails. <laughs> okay. We may from time. Oh God, I don't know where we are. We are. I should stick to script, right? Yeah. We may from time to time have the occasional bonus episode on a Tuesday, but we'll let you know in advance. Uh, We're in very different places tonight, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other housekeeping, Mark? No, but I'll I'll say something complimentary to you. No, don't bother. It was yeah. rude like it was last time. Got the Rapunzel bit. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. I've had better. Can you beat that one? I'll think of something in the next hour. Bloody hell. Is that difficult? Right, should we get into it? Go. Uh, vaccine and pets. Russia. Mm. They come up with a vaccine for mm-hmm. pets because mm. they think pets spread COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with them. I haven't done the research they have. Okay. But they've approved what it says is the fir- world's first coronavirus vaccine for pets to the state veterinary service. Carnivac Kov underwent clinical trials on dogs, cats, mink. I'll mm. come to mink in a minute. Yeah. And other animals. Uh, starting in October, Russia's Federal Service for Veterinary Supervision said in a statement. Um, need Russian spy to do some translating. Yeah. I actually asked her this week, could she, if she landed in Russia, would she be able to survive? Right. And she said she could. Well, it's one of the things with languages. I've always been really poor with languages. But I do think it's one of those things, if you don't keep fresh, it must be really hard. You almost have to sort of re-energize yourself, don't you? Right. Do you know what I mean? You can have it all in your brain, but if you don't use it regularly. If she was a Russian spy, she would be dropped in Russia, would she? She'd be dropped elsewhere. Are you saying if she she just went back to her motherland? Yeah, to to like sign in or pick up a briefcase with a poison dart in it. (laughs) I go and see the you know their version of M. Yeah, and get, and get all the gadgets. <laughs> yeah, she Watch she me. talked. She actually mentioned to me today about um, taking forward Lenin. I don't. Yeah. She didn't comment on your your joke. No. Um, she asked if I'd seen the tomb of Lenin. I haven't. Or Lenin's tomb, whatever. Um, <laughs> but she said, "Don't look at his hands." So this is like a life hack for people. What if you look away? Why? Because if the feds look at you, you'll get what? No, I punished? think I think evidently that they've they've probably put the most skilled. Taxidermist. Oh, he's not been stuffed, is he? Lenin? Yeah. What, like stuffed? Yeah. No. Yeah, he's lying in a tomb. Yeah, but stuffed. They don't stuff people, they stuff animals. Well, what? <laughs> He'd just be a skeleton now, otherwise. <laughs> a skeleton. Skeleton, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but evidently his hands, less as, less attention has been paid on his hands and they look a bit Oh, you mean they're evidently. just, oh, uh, okay, right. So he hasn't got like, like small Trump hands or anything like that. No. Okay. <laughs> it's all the it's all this, the kind of cutting edge insight. Political right? satire, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's come to expect on this. Yeah. Don't look at Lenin's hands. <laughs> I should have kept that to life hacks. Yeah. So uh Minky Business is the name of this next one. I don't know why I like to give my little things names. because um, it's <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, share with the group. Just, uh, <laughs> so we're talking about mink. This is quite sad. I, I will pick things up in a, up in a little okay. bit. Um, but we did talk about the mink. I think we have to reference them. Yeah. There are more than 1,000 mink farms in Denmark. Wow. A lot more than, 750 more than you thought there were. Yeah. Is that my computer? I think it's my stomach. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you get you hungry. You bought some snacks? Yeah, but they're so noisy. What are they? Oh, God, they are. What are they bonbons? They're what fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Try one. Sounds like... What are they? Well, try one. It isn't like... Well, no, I... 
It's like oh, a stick of mystery thing no, in my mouth, am I? They're cyanide pills from Russian Spy. Oh, that's cool. Why don't you say so? I was only asking. <laughs> Sounds like rain, doesn't it? I bet that... I could be on the archers with this. Mm, you could. They're quite tasty. Fred marched across the gravel. Then what? They were changing the guard at Lenin's tomb. Go. Arnold looked outside his window as the marathon runners ran by on the gravel. Just give it everything has to be, everything has to contain gravel. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring coconuts. <laughs> yeah, if you knock two horses together, they sound like a coconut. <laughs> That's good. You were very muttly oh, then. I was what? Very muttly. Mm, you could be my dastardly if you want. Catch, catch the pigeon. Anyway, back to the mink. Sorry. Okay. It was very tasty. Um, let me go back. You said that lots of mink got exterminated. Yep. Uh, they're actually gassed. Correct. Because they thought they had COVID, mm-hmm. I guess. Or that they could be a threat or... Yeah. yeah. And then you said this week, oh, did you know they had to dig them up again because they were coming out of the ground because they're in yeah. too shallow graves. So yeah, about 4 million mink will be exhumed from mass graves and incinerated to prevent pollution, the government said. It is set to happen in May when officials say the risk of coronavirus contamination from the dead animals will have passed. They didn't so, prove that they had them in the first place, so... No. Uh, more than 15 million mink have been culled in Denmark, devastating for its fur industry. Yeah, mm. which you wouldn't think there'd be a, that'd oh, be a thing, common. but it, it was, I think it's very unfair, to be mm. fair. To be fair. That was the, oh, I missed a trick there. That was the hidden joke last time, Krona. Did you get that one? Yeah, it wasn't hidden. I think it was a very ah, to, yeah. You just decided not to laugh. There's it was also a type of margarine, wasn't it? Do you remember that back in the day? Yeah. Can I get on with this? Topical. <laughs> um, what is? Butter? Margarine? What? Isn't that daft when they go, I this can't believe be it's... Too. Oh, go on. I can't believe it's not butter. You're basically, your marketing is going, I can't believe it's something better than it is. Y- yeah. You're, you're being aspirationalised margarine. Like, I can't believe it's not butter. We'll buy fucking butter. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. I was that ages ago? Have you been harbouring that all this time? No, it just made me... It's it's like you're in the rival market between butter and margarine, and as margarine, you're going... You're still talking about it, Mark. It's obviously working, isn't it? I'm not buying it, though. No, it's boycotted it. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the mink buried in mass graves in the military area in the west of the country have resurfaced because of the nitrogen and phosphorus gases produced by their decay. Mm. I mean, this is awful. Yeah. The two burial sites are highly controversial, as one is um, near a bathing lake. I've not read this. As one is near a bathing lake and the other not far from a source of drinking water. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> Residents have complained about the potential risk of contamination. Yeah. I mean, just ma- made... There wasn't really probably a, a problem, was it? Now they've got two problems or 50 million problems. This is like when we've discussed before about retrospective, isn't it? It's like yeah. someone in the government said, let's kill up to 17 million mink gas them and don't yep. bury them too well near drinking water i didn't and, even got that far let's kill 50 million yeah. mink hurrah let's off to the pub we go <laughs> yeah that's that one sorted <laughs> yeah. no one went uh what, where are we gonna put them either what did you do with the mink <laughs> <laughs> just they're just out there by the natural spring <laughs> <laughs> yeah so once the mink are no longer contaminated with covid19 they'll be transported to i guess they haven't tested 50 million of them. Have they? No, They've just they don't even know if they've got, got it. it. No. Uh, I wonder if that's gone in the figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably has. If not theirs, ours. Anyway, it's a poor old mink. I'm not happy about that, but um, we all need to know that it's going on. Mm. Set them free, that's what I say. Yeah. 
Um, well, 200 farms, that's... No, 1,000 farms. All right, 1,000, yeah. Sorry, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is, yeah. It must be for something else other than coach, surely. I don't know. Next. A little bit more light-hearted. It's okay. just been Easter, isn't it? We just we just had Easter. Did you have an Easter egg? Did someone buy you an Easter Those egg? Those are Easter eggs. Are they? Hmm. Oh, not very eggy. They're just round, aren't they? It's a little chick with them. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah very Easter Okay. We've talked about how much um, Bristol has invented everything. Yes. Bristol invented the Easter egg. <laughs> what? I thought Jesus did. No. Okay. They'd be daft. Tell me the history of the Easter egg then. So, chocolate eggs said to have originated in France and Germany in the early 19th century. But here in the UK, it was J.S. Fry and Sons Limited who produced the first chocolate egg in 1873. Quakers? Uh, they were. What? Fry Company. Oh, can you just... Yeah, Okay. Just because we mentioned it before with Cadbury's and Bourbon, oh, I think a lot of the chocolate companies were. Okay. And that's a statement I didn't really understand. It said chocolate eggs said to have originated in France and Germany in the early 19th century, but these guys were the first to produce an egg. So which one was it? And what date did they give for Bristol? Uh, 1873. Well, that's late 19th century, isn't it? Yeah, so they originated in France and Germany. Oh, so in France and Germany, they went... They came up with them. Jean-Claude, I've just thought of having some chocolate eggs. Yeah. And John Claude's gone. Well, how are we going to make good idea? Then? Yeah. <laughs> if only there was somewhere Chocolate, that chocolate's could, rectangular. If only there was somewhere <laughs> yeah. in Bristol that could be making it, or had the had the facilities. Yeah. To make such a thing, uh, the Bristol-based chocolate business was founded by Joseph Fryer, a Quaker. Always ruined my things. Mm. Uh, who started making chocolate in uh, 1759? In 1795, it was his son Joseph Stores Fry who patented a method of grinding cocoa beans using a steam engine. And as a result, was able to start producing chocolate using factory techniques. Maybe it's the first factory-based chocolate tech, which they haven't kind of clarified. Fry's factory quickly became the largest commercial producer of chocolate in the UK. And over the following decades, produced over 200 chocolate delights, including Fry's Chocolate Cream, uh, Fry's Turkish Delight. Delight, that's a classic. Yeah, and Fry's Easter Egg. Uh, Cadbury produced their first egg in 1875, two years after Fry's. But progress after this was very slow until the method was found of making the liquid chocolate into moulds. Over the next hundred years, Cadbury's went on to produce a range of chocolate eggs, decorated, foiled and cardboarded. While Fry's tried to add value by offering an unusual range of eggs that were attached to different gift items, including watches, necklaces and even cutlery. (laughs) That's a bit like Kinder then, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, ahead of the curve. Mm. Uh, Sadly, these didn't quite take off and Cadbury's Easter eggs dominated the market for the foreseeable future, as they do today. I need to crack through, Mark. Uh, Smithereens? Yeah. What? I just I was going to do a crack and egg pun, but oh yeah, I've missed I missed out there. Yeah. So smithereens is an Irish word. It derives from, or is possibly the source of, the modern Irish smurdrin, mm-hmm. uh, which means small fragments. Okay. There is a town near Baltimore, close to the southwest coast of Ireland, called Skibbereen. And this is where it gets a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Uh, the name means little boat harbour, and is it, it is tempting. So it starts to sound like a fact, right? Yeah. And then it just goes off one one. It said it, it is tempting to imagine sailing ships arriving there from the wild Atlantic, being blown to Skibbereen. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the more recent travels also bring up images of property people being dynamited and blown to skibbereen from all over Ireland. There's no record of such phrase, however, <laughs> and the similarity be- between skibbereen and smithereen seems to be more than a, a coincidence. And like, that's totally it's not random. A thing. Yeah, there's no records of anything. Let's talk about crowbarring a yeah. <laughs> reference in. So I thought I, I enjoyed that. It, it tickled me. A podcast listening today used the word smithereen, and I thought this thing we keep saying is that once you see. Mm-hmm. Once you buy a green car, every fucker's got a green car. Yeah. Like the word smithereen. There, there must be, it'd be interesting for us to look into it one day. How can it be that you have such a heightened awareness of yeah. certain things when, yeah. when you indulge in that certain thing? It's a bit like your TikTok. You know, we can, you question the kind of, you know, we 
we're pretty we're pretty sure that the TikTok kind of algorithm is working its socks off and working well. But you still we do question it actually. I think it's just TikTok's a living in one of my outside <laughs> sheds. <so. laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of the things I told you that had come up. Yeah. This, you know, the picture of Wurzel Gummidge. That's <laughs> do you know what I mean? That was beyond. Yeah, Union Jack or Union Flag. I've got mm-hmm. a lot of bookmarks to cover. So, okay, okay, race through them. What do you call someone who studies the history, symbolism, and uses of flags, or by extension, any interest in flags in general? Um, I can't think of anything funny. So, a vexillologist. Okay. Yeah. When first introduced in 1606, the Union Jack was known simply as the British flag or flag of Britain and was ordered to be flown from the main masthead of all English and Scottish ships, warships and merchant ships. Mm-hmm. I think at the time when we talked about it, you mentioned, mentioned ships. ships yeah. uh, various theories exist, but the bulk of the evidence indicates the use of the word in its diminutive sense. Before 1600, Jack was certainly used to describe a small flag flown from the mast mounted at the end of the bowsprit. Bowsprit? Bowsprit. By 1627, a small version of the Union flag, later described as the Jack, Jack flag or King's Jack, seems to have flown commonly in this position. And by 1674, the flag was described formally as His Majesty's Jack in common usage, officially acknowledged as the Union Jack. It's sometimes claimed that the Union flag should be described as the Union Jack only when flown in the bows of a warship, which I think is what you said. Yeah, and someone said that actually on the news. Okay. Have you seen the lesbian flag? No. Look it up now. Sorry, that was a bit bit pushy. (laughs) It was. If you wouldn't mind. You're taking me right off. So, you know, on on the whole things around different sexuality, everyone has a, a flag. Oh, that's quite pretty. What? The lesbian one's pretty? Yeah. Oh, I've got the wrong one then. That Let one? me see. Which one are you looking at? No, there's another one. There's um, there's like a chart of all the different sexualities and the flags that they've been given. Okay. Because Extinction right. Rebellion have been rebranded, haven't they, for today's oh, ridiculous... You need, to put, you need to write all these down, Mark. I haven't got my book. No, they're all in my head. So oh. Extinction Rebellion... That's, seven... that's why I said you need to write them down, Mark. Because <laughs> it's the last time we're ever going to hear them. <laughs> seven women at seven o'clock on the 7th of April started smashing the front of Barclays today in Canary Wharf. Did they? As a protest against global warming. Okay. But it was very... They, they've obviously branded to Extinction Rebellion has decided to take the colour of the suffragettes. It's a sort of pink and a yes, green, no, I, I think. I don't like the idea of that. Well, they've sort of nicked it a little bit. No, anyway, so Extinction Rebellion today, when they did it, everyone was colour-coordinated. And it, on Twitter, the, yeah, the um, like Extinction Rebellion thing was colour-coordinated. their own flag. Mm. Okay, if it isn't the lesbian flag, it's one of the others. Well, you, can look, you, can, you can do it next week. Okay, homework. Yeah, All it do. was was that everyone now has been given a flag, depending on I their haven't. sexuality. Right. Well, you have, because you... Oh, I don't know if there is a heterospe- heterosexual flag. I don't know. Well, you're assuming I'm heterosexual, Mark. If you listen to these pods, you'd be you'd be you'd be on the fence. Look, you know, I try anything once. Yeah, seeing how shy your cats are. <laughs> so, um, the, the the yeah, no, the uh, flags. You should knock it till you tried it. The, the flags for the different sec- sexualities. <laughs> I saw a chart, and one of them looked. You wouldn't want to, to join that sexuality. I thought I thought it was lesbian. It's obviously not. Okay. I apologise. I'll do my research better on God. Please do. Okay. Can I carry on? Go. Six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Six degrees of separation is the idea that all people, on average, are six or fewer social connections away from each other. I thought this was good because we all talk about social connections and yeah. social distancing at the moment. This will come into it. As a result, a chain of a friend of a friend statements can be made to connect two people in a maximum of six steps. It's also known as the six handshakes rule. Mm-hmm. This comes from the theory that the world is shrinking. 
which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Theories on optimal designs of cities, uh, city traffic flows, neighborhoods, and demographics were in vogue after World War One. These conjectures were expanded in 1929 by a Hungarian author, Frigs Karinthi, who published a volume of short stories titled uh, Everything is Different. One of these pieces was titled Chains or Chain Links. The story investigated, in abstract, conceptual, and fictional terms, many of the problems that would captivate future generations of mathematicians, sociologists, physicists within the field of network theory. Due to the technological advances in communications and travel, friendship networks could grow larger and span greater distances. In particular, Corinthy believed that the modern world is shrinking due to this ever-increasing connectedness of human beings. He posited that uh, despite great physical distances between the globe's individuals, the growing density of human networks made the actual social distance far smaller. Mm-hmm. As a result of this hypothesis, Corinthy's characters believed that any two individuals could be connected through at most five acquaintances. His theory, um, sorry, in his story, the characters create a game out of this notion. This idea influenced a great deal of early thought on social networks, both directly and indirectly. Corinthy has been regarded as the originator of the notion of six degrees of separation. You mentioned Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, can you just give me some um, validation and congratulations? No. I, do you to see, deserve it? Do you see I did this? I just went back to do what? I shut up. Did you? Because I was going to go... You normally huff and puff like, come no, no, on, no. just get I was on with go, board. Oh, what about Kevin Bacon? I know something. You want, I didn't. You, hold on. You want a, would you want me to what say congratulations for letting me speak? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so the Kevin Bacon game, the six you degrees... You still haven't done it. What? No, I'm not going to. Okay. You just confirmed that you wanted that. <laughs> That's okay. Mark, you're a legend. Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I'm confused now. I'll take your first answer like a mastermind. Carry on. There you are. Uh, the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon was invented as a play on the concept. The goal is to link uh, any actor to Kevin Bacon through no more than six connections, where two actors are connected if they have appeared in a movie or commercial together. It was created by three students at Albright College in Pennsylvania who came up with the concept while watching Footloose. I do remember it all kicking off, but yeah. I can't remember why. On September 13th, 2012, Google made it possible to search for any given actor's Bacon number through their search <laughs> engine, which I don't, I don't recall that, no. what their Bacon number was. But, um, and that, that's a fairly narrow search, isn't it? If it's meant to be worldwide, yeah, it's like us with Trump. That's what you'd be looking as a true. Yeah, that to me would be an interesting. I'll probably do that. Do you want that as your homework as well? No. All right. I've even forgotten Don't what my flag. first homework was. So. Mm. Oh, flags. Yeah. No notebook. No. Just sweets. Very quick one on Tesla stock. We like talking about Tesla and stock, don't mm. we? Well, I do. A little tweet for you. If you bought a Tesla Model S in 2012. Your $77,000 car would be worth approximately $40,000 today. Okay. If you had invested that same $77,000 in Tesla stock, you would have over $7 million today. Hmm. Invest your money instead of buying material things, was uh, the advice from John Pompliano on Twitter. I would say to John Pompliano. Oh, hold on, I'll reply now. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Just uh, one sec. But it was on our account. One, 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 one sec. Go. What do you want me to say? Dear John. Dear John. <laughs> I hope you and the family are well. I don't tweet a lot. You, hold on, you're only limited on what, 275 characters? Is it? Hope you and the family are well. Yep. Um, surely the purpose... Surely the purpose... Of accruing capital gain... Oh, accruing capital gain, yep. Is to make material purchase. To make 
material purchase. Yep. I think that's all I want to say. Lots of love, Mark. Should I put? No. No, what, would you, how do you want to sign it off? Okay. We'll come to that. <laughs> you'll come to that. <laughs> well, wait on. I'll, I'll think so, about dear John, that. I'll read it back to you. Dear John, yeah. I hope you and the family are well. Surely the purpose of accruing capital gain is to make material purchase? Mm. Question mark. Yeah. Sure, I'm not putting my name on it. I don't Thanks, it Mark. Yet. Thanks. What, have you, got, you want more? Let's just leave it for the moment, but I'll think on that. The point I'm making is this. Okay, I'll send it in a bit. Is if he said, you've then got seven million... The, the, the sort of notion that he's saying is, oh, you've then got a very big bank balance. If you do nothing with it, if you don't purchase anything, mm-hmm. money per se isn't going to be, there's, there's no there's no point in just having lots of money. Is it not? No. Oh. Next. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things that are grinding my gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <is it> Elvis? <laughs> you, you are an owner of a cat now. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed in cat food adverts, cats eating off tiny plates? Have you ever seen anyone in a cat ad put cat food in a cat bowl the one the last one i saw this woman just woman this woman <laughs> just happened to be a woman i'm nothing against women that's, that's, the way that's I okay said. Yeah. <laughs> woman <laughs> <laughs> just put the, the the tiny portion which my cats would just look at and go Are you serious mm. it's a tiny portion of cat food on a tiny little plate like a kind of sort of know, nouveau cuisine yeah it wasn't even a sauce yeah. yeah and then put a little sprig of parsley on top of it i'm like it's a cat. Yeah. One, it's going to be hungry after that. And two, it, well, it's not going to eat the parsley. No. I don't think they... Have you seen cats' reactions to broccoli? Yes. I've seen one with cucumbers. Is that the same where they jump up in the air? When you hide bit... Yeah, you put probably. it behind Well, them. they look <laughs> as if they're going to, to retch when you put broccoli by Oh, them. right. No. Oh, yeah. no, no. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, they just... Their face look, goes like... Yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding. There's a cucumber one where they just put a cucumber behind a cat. Yeah. And the cat root. <laughs> doesn't know it sees it and jumps up in the air and the other thing Holmes you'll like this one Holmes and the hammer yeah right Dion or oh no is it because that's a good one upstairs yeah. to the, the bedrooms yeah um I'll put the link up for that yeah it's, it's genius um because I, I've I've done a little bit of filming in the past oh yeah oh I found the film I was in as well oh the the riot yeah. one where you're smashing the head out of some Millwall fans or something no, 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 no. That was Panorama. No, the, the film I was <laughs> I'm an sorry, extra. not that one. <laughs> no, that was Factual. I'm also getting Millwall. I'm getting fucking F Troop on TikTok. Well, we haven't even mentioned Millwall. Have you been mentioned oh, Millwall Oh, that's because you... That's... No. Oh, you didn't... <sighs> what? You took it out. I took what out? My football violence discussion. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have an whole episode on it. I've been getting literally the same people that I talked about to you that you cut out. Literally the, na- the same... What, human recently? Beings. Have you been talking about it recently? Harry the dog and all yeah, those. Yeah, that's right. We did cut it out. Yeah. I've been sent TikToks of Harry the dog. That's weird, isn't it? The reason I said was F Troop used to wear surgical masks, and I found a picture of them, but they used to uh, wear them over their head like a quite oh, cute well, Easter bonnet. Well, so it was like topical, <laughs> but they probably would get into trouble now going into Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd let F Troop come in like that. But, um, yeah, but you cut that out. Sorry. So Home's Under the Hammer. Yeah. When they get the uh, estate agents to come in yeah, and value yeah, the house. Yeah. And you can just tell that the director's going, if you can just come into this empty room and look interested. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way they walk in and look at the ceiling <laughs> and like, there's nothing in it. And look, yeah. and look and they, oh, they're just, then it's so awkward and you you just know what's happening in the room. They're being told to do it. I just, I watch out for that now. I don't actually like the rest of the program. But, but you made a, you've made a typical um, uneducated mistake there. You called it a room. It's not a room anymore, is it? It's a space now. Oh, is it the, what? This is the front space. Oh yeah, it's, it's this is like, the space we cook food in. Yeah, this is the space we have a shit in. Yeah, 
Oh, is that what they do? Yeah, space now rather than room. Just watch out for him. Okay, that's a good boy. Okay. Again, it's one of those things... It is a brilliant program. And you do know that all the... that far. Oh, it is. It's... It's It's up there with repair shop. No, it's it's Shakespearean. Seriously, it's Shakespearean. It's a five-act drama. Homes Under the Hammer (laughs) is a five-act drama. Seriously. Have you... Another one of your homework. So... I said about Pan's people being literal in their translation of yeah. their dancers. Mm. Homes Under the Hammer, yeah. the lyrics of the song will match what the guy has just said about the house. Word for word. So it'll be so something... the lyrics of what song? So it'll be something like... Um, oh, you mean the, the soundtrack they put on it, you mean? Yeah, so the presenters will go around and go, you'd have to be a real hero to be able to rescue this house. Right, and and like they... the stranglers will be, no more heroes. And it's, whatever they say, <laughs> right, the lyrics are totally the same. It's, <laughs> they must absolutely piss themselves yeah. doing the soundtrack okay. next time you listen. But it is a five-act drama. Seriously, seriously, it is. That's definitely a feature for you to go away and, and do, isn't it? Take Satirical. an actual episode and just... Uh... Explain, you know, critique the yeah. episode of so Homes Under play the Hammer. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell you what, this episode is probably random, mm. isn't it? I'm at the end of my bookmarks now. Okay, where do we go Looks from like here? Looks like you're bursting to uh, talk about something. No, I don't know okay. where we're going next. Yeah, work-life ballet. You know, we were talking in the last episode about, what well, I was, about taking my flamethrower to my diary. <laughs> yeah. And it made me think about how we use our time day to day. Mm-hmm. I guess what it started making me think about was, um, and without getting to free will, I would argue that most of our days in our lives are full of things that we put there. <laughs> no one else really did. Mm-hmm. And we didn't cho- we didn't choose to enter this earthly realm. Mm-hmm. And much of our childhoods were led by our parents or guardians. But mm-hmm. since the time we could do whatever we wanted, i.e. be adults, like, yeah. how much do we just keep filling our cups? And with what? Yeah. It's generally just stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And then because we talked about life getting in the way. Yeah. Like, as I said, I don't want to go into free will and stuff, but because we will, we will touch on that at some point. You know, it's just life, isn't it? It's like, I'm pretty sure we, we've made it what it is. And it's full of generally the things that we made choices about at yeah. some point. Yes. So it's a classic, we've made our beds and we're lying in it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's that kind of idea that we just go, oh God, I'm so busy. And it, it's all Where did the time <laughs> go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you made I'm, every decision. And I'm, I'm the worst. I'm time poor. And it's like, yeah. I just, well, I've made it like that. Yeah. But I don't want it to be my fault. No. <laughs> I suppose the, 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 the alternative to that would be just so highly structured that you would just have like almost like an effectiveness chart <laughs> of like how you were going to do everything. Yeah. So one of the things, for example. Well, your kind of velocity, as we call it, talk about work with, with delivery, you know, how, how much you're delivering is your velocity. So you, your, yeah. kind of, your anxiety wouldn't be about haven't got time to do anything. It's maintaining the level of productivity or effectiveness in your life but the the effectiveness if we were going to be effective i'm just thinking about today the last few days haven't been brilliant for me on a number of different levels Mm. emotionally and also one of the one of my sort of um signs that it's around self-care and self-soothing i'm not good at it anyway but what i will tend to do is regress to things especially around food um, that have um, the opposite of symbiosis. So, so food will will fulfil two things for me when I'm not in a good place. It will fulfil a need in terms of giving me a high. So, eating mm-hmm. loads of chocolate, eating loads of crisps, having something that is going to have a, a, a physical effect on your yeah, body, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'll also have a mental effect on my body, like looking at the wrapper. You know, basically wraps your ankles in in chocolate wrappers in the car and you realize on your mental side 
for someone who's espousing right, healthy yeah. eating and who so understands what's in all of these. You're high as a kite. Yeah, as a kai. <laughs> but yeah. there's the remorse is kicking in, right? Yeah. You start, you start to come down on your sugar on your sugar crash, right? Yeah. <laughs> From rush to crash. Yeah. And then the remorse kicks in. Oh God. Yeah. And I'm I think so awful to myself. Yeah. And I think I think food is for a lot of people, food is a very um it's a barometer, I think. Yeah, uh, totally. But the point I was gonna make is so I've had a few days of not being very good. And today I decided, and I don't know, this, is, this isn't a life hack, this is maybe just a, a PT hack. I shared with one person that I'm going to walk 10,000 steps today, and I wrote it down. I shared with another person verbally that I was going to have a meal that wasn't wrapped, so like food, as we used to call it. <laughs> you know, something... Well, it something, didn't come in a package. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. and wasn't four for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that wasn't bought in a petrol station. <laughs> Get right with you, I'm with you. Uh, so that I then said, that person then said, send me a photograph. Right. And the third thing I said, and I was oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I got away with just by saying it. <laughs> so just like went to the freezer. <laughs> this is what I'm going to have. So the point I'm making is that I re- recognised that I was getting into a position of not eating in the way that I wanted to eat and that was good for me. I realized I was emotionally eating and my way out of that, because there was some pleasure in that emotional eating, Mm. was to almost take a logical wise mind decision to say, long term, this is not sustainable. Medium term, this is going to do you more harm than good. Mm -hmm. So what I put into place was little, going back to our baby steps, Little things that I know would make a difference to me mentally. Walking, number one, 10,000 steps. Drinking, number two. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, having a proper nutritious meal. But I planted those small little targets with other people in terms of accountability. And we talked about this a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was quite interesting that when I was then held to be accountable. Oh, you know these people are going to follow up, right? Yeah. So one of them right. has said, by nine o'clock today... Is that why you didn't send it to me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving two shits. Yeah, bring bring more crisps. <laughs> yeah. um, so someone had said, by nine o'clock today, sh- so show me one meal that you've eaten. Mm. Someone had said, have you done your 10,000 steps yet? Oh, yeah. And someone had, had mentioned something around the drinking. The point I was going to say from your waste of time, what I could have done is got up this morning and drunk two litres of water in the first half an hour of getting up. Yeah. And then I could have had... A cooked breakfast. But you could have done two out of three within the first yeah. hour of your day. And then I could have walked for an hour and a half, and I know I would have had 10,000 steps in the bag, yeah. and it would only have been 10 o'clock. Yeah. And yet what happened is we allowed the task to fill the time. So I've done 8,000 steps, so right. I'm going to leave here and walk in the dark yeah. around the ghetto. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. I've got to drink all run. of that. You might want to run. <laughs> yeah, I'll get an electric scooter. <laughs> I wonder if you scoot and catch the, the steps. Um, so the point I'm making, the point I'm making is to get myself back on track. I became accountable to other people. Mm-hmm. However, I could have all achieved that by the time Tomes Under the Hammer finished at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I didn't need to be at this position now where I know when this finishes at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to walk. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's about the time poor. We have the same number of hours in the day. But we yeah. tend to stretch the tasks thinking, well, I'm going to be up till midnight. Yeah, why do we do that? Yeah. And it all could have been done and I could have sent it and those people would have gone, my God, well done. Yeah, good point. Mm. I think where I was going with this originally was how do you structure your day, which you've got to just give us a bit of an insight. <laughs> just <laughs> send people tasks that you're going to do and try and... T- try the other 364 are less formal. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit on TikTok. Yeah. 
just think about the kind of the stuff that we fill our lives with you know and um so what what is this stuff is it work is it hobbies is it socializing helping people working out relaxing you might do all of those things or one of those things could take up all of your time and then which of these things are driven by us probably most of those things if you mm. identify all the things you do i imagine that 95 99 of them are things that we we decided to do you yeah, could even go well i've got to go to work it's like yeah you don't have to yeah <laughs> actually yeah. Yeah, I know you do to kind of earn a living, but but then you've chosen a job that's eight hours a day or ten hours a day. You've like chosen. I mean, how many people go? It's the only job I've got. It's Mm. the only job I can do. Mm. There might be some examples out there where they can only do that one thing. Mm. If you're a robot only programmed for one particular job, maybe that's it. Or the robots listening. Mm. I think you're wrong, Damo. (laughs) I'll have you know this is the only job I'm programmed to do. (laughs) Have you seen the robot in Japan holding the uh, Olympic torch? No. Mm. I'm not going to talk about it. I just wonder whether you've seen it. No. It doesn't feel right to me. Okay. I'll leave it there. Do you need to revisit that? No, because I don't really want to talk about it. Are you sure I it's a robot with an Olympic torch? Or have you had a bad dream again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it is. It have is. You had it's a night true. Terror again? It's true. <laughs> um, and then which of these things are actually, once you look at those things, which of these things are actually nourishing for us? You know, which bring joy, which bring us energy or solace to mm-hmm. our lives, mm. actually, if we looked at it? And do we get the balance right, I wonder? I suppose that's what you're sort of hinting at. Yeah, I guess so. We, we touched on over overwhelm recently. And I've, yeah. you know, there's a reason we're doing one pod because of like, I'm time for, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm starting to kind of think that's driving some of my decisions. And then I'm going, am I, am I dealing with the root of the problem or am I dealing with the effects mm-hmm. of the problem? Mm-hmm. I'm actually dealing with what I'm trying to deal with. So cutting out one pod, is that actually going to help? Or am I just going to fill it with Replace other, it. Yeah. Fill it with other yeah. stuff? Yeah. And still sit there and go, oh God. <laughs> Yeah. Not worked. If you've, if, no if, you've, if you've gained minutes, <laughs> what, what are yeah. you going to do with that? Am I going to fit? Am I feeling it right now? I'm not feeling like yeah. you got here, and I'm still furiously writing this thing. <laughs> going, oh fuck! Um, I found this thing on mental bandwidth. I thought it's kind of a nice terminology, and I yeah. think it kind of yeah. summed up mental bandwidth management is the new time management. This is by Kyle Kowalski. I love a name like that. On on slow, which I, I look at, they're worth checking out. Slow, so s l o w w dot co. Mm-hmm. I've put a link up to it yeah, before, but yeah. I'll put it again. But it's worth getting their email alerts because there's some really interesting articles mm-hmm. on it. Kyle says, "I've always believed that all forty-hour work weeks are not created equal. On the surface, the quantity of hours is the same, but a forty-hour work week that allows you to think, breathe, and do your best at work is not the same as a forty-hour work week that's glorifying busy." where you feel like you're drowning in work. And you were talking about busy being busy, I think, a couple of eps ago. We've all heard of time management. Countless books and time management experts exist. But managing your time is only as effective as managing your energy during that time. Mm -hmm. As an introvert, an INTJ, brother from another mother, (laughs) (laughs) um, I struggle to shut off the inner dialogue in my head. And not just the inner dialogue, but the inner compulsion to constantly consume, digest and analyze information, which I think we both kind of Mm -hmm. Uh, can can feel and this means that no matter what i'm physically doing i'm often mentally preoccupied with something else but even good things like learning have limits you can't do all the life hacks it says here everything takes practice and i'm training my brain to stop and take breaks what happens when we never slow down and obviously this movement is about mm-hmm. the slow movement and stop and take a break a paper published by harvard says that psychiatrists are reporting an increase in acute stress from people stretched to their limits and beyond with no margin, no room in their lives for rest, relaxation, or reflection. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, no margin leads to no mental bandwidth. Managing your time also means managing your bandwidth. 
thought was quite a nice yeah. uh, way of putting it. And there's a few examples of what uh, what is mental bandwidth or cognitive bandwidth. A couple of examples from Time magazine. By bandwidth, I mean basic cognitive resources that we use in nearly everyday activity. Bandwidth is what allows us to reason, to focus, to learn new ideas, to make creative leaps and to resist our immediate impulses. And this one from Harvard, which is bandwidth refers to our cognitive capacity and our ability to pay attention, make good decisions, stick with our plans and resist temptations. And I talked about a couple of pods ago about just stopping. I think it was one of my hacks yeah, might have yeah, been. Yeah. And I kind of use, I know I use, you know, taking a flamethrower to my diary as a slightly kind of frustrated, mm-hmm. maybe pre-programmed thing I have in me. It's part of my OS. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Maybe it's just my body going... <laughs> Just, you know, remove some things, give yourself room. And even from a business point of view, a few years ago, our business coach came in and went, you're all feeling tired, right? Yeah, you're all feeling overworked. Yeah. yeah. And you're feeling under-rewarded. Yeah, yeah, that's us. Mm. And she went, you've got 30 clients that are all probably less than 1% of your turnover. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, that's what it is then. We were doing lots of stuff. Mm. but we weren't doing it smart you know we weren't working yeah. smart we activity not it, progress yeah. then just like to, well, how do we create that space and you think well by moving removing clients you're going to be reducing your workload not being able to pay people actually yeah. bought us time to work on less of those i mean it sounds obvious now i'm saying it out loud but you remove you remove that baggage i guess there's a lot of baggage in there mm. and you create time and i think that rush and that kind of expectation that time is money it is but if you can just take a step back and create space within a working environment within your life you can spend more quality time on those things to to make them better and also make them sustainable. So they're I mean, not they're not just a flash in the pan. They're not no. just there's not just a spike of revenue, a spike of nourishment, or a spike of enjoyment or whatever it is. And I can there's, see there's a nice constant kind of reward for Yeah. It. But then the one of the things that on the course that came out a few weeks ago, which I don't know whether I mentioned or not, was talking about the pursuit of happiness. And I think it's, again, this is like typical of where we both come from. You've put a, a business perspective that does mm. have a sense of measurability in it that you can actually go, well, if I do X, Y, and Z, then it is more effective use of my time because my revenues have gone up or yeah. the amount of time my work has gone down, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We had a discussion on the course about the pursuit of happiness. One of the one of the people leading the course sort of said, how do you know when you found it? So, and this was the problem because... It's like, what does success look like? Yeah. And it, it can be measured in business terms if it's turnover. Mm, you yeah, might yeah. not feel any more successful because you have no sort of social life or, or life outside work. Yeah. But I, I had an incident today that really, really made me think in that I found... Um, and we're going to refer to this. So this isn't just chucking this in. We are going to refer to it. So I, I found um, the first direct message that I'd sent to my friend who who died last right. last Friday mm. and the elation that I'd found he changed his insta addresses quite regularly oh, right. and I didn't realize this was from you know quite a long time ago and it was just hidden so I've had oh, a, a voicemail right. that I didn't know I had oh, okay cool and my very first and I might read this out at some stage not today and I mean it made me cry my eyes out but I had this sense of happiness that I somehow had a bit of completion about you know how did it all start where did it all start where was the first connection and it gave the story for me almost um, a more rounded feeling that I can suddenly I didn't know what I'd written to him the first time I ever wrote to him and I didn't know what his reply was so I think the thing there is that that happiness has come from me trawling through my phone Mm. but like the overall happiness would often be seen in terms of so I guess if someone would go what's happiness look like you might not ordinarily have gone a text I didn't know I had from someone yes. I just it was yeah. special I lost you know that you wouldn't would you is that what you're saying kind of happiness comes from I think unexpected I, th- I think when, when you found it and you realize how exciting it is or how 
know, how simple it could be. Yes, and I I'm think not, I'm, not, yes. I'm not taking away. No, the, no, no, yeah, no, no. Just that is quite a simple finding a, a, a message that at the time was just a message. Yes, it now has a lot of meaning around it, yes. doesn't it? And, and, but I think our, our typical barometer for happiness is still we're forced into that funnel by social media yeah, and well, by the, the material, expectation the, about material the yeah status social status etc and things like by doing walking today and seeing my kingfisher again today um yours yeah my pet one you're so posh <laughs> <laughs> i've got a cat you got a kingfisher it made me think because the kingfisher like literally as soon as you get near it it's just this shimmer of of bright blue disappears in the distance they're very very so it's not blue tip no <laughs> um, but the, there was They're a duck there. Quickly. <laughs> there was um, <laughs> there was a a duck there, and I was thinking, just like idly going by, and I thought, of the two, the duck's at more risk from me than a kingfisher. Risk? What are you going to do to it? Well, if if I was hungry, I know. I know. <laughs> but the duck, struggling with food recently. The, <laughs> that's ridiculous. The duck seemed really trusting. I, I wondered where just like biting a duck's head off. No, it's not, well, like I've Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, I think you're pretty crazy, but not that crazy. <laughs> but, um, Feathers around your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking, where's the kingfisher's timid nature come from? <laughs> I think we've gone off piece. It's such a poet. No, no, but do you know what I mean? Why is it? Where is it developed as such a suspicious and worried bird? Hold on, you've got timid as suspicious and worried. Well, it, hold on, you think it never just I can't keep up today. It just made me think. It just made me think. I looked at the duck and I thought, thought oh, I'm hungry. If I if I jump in now if I, if I and a, go for its neck, if it's a, off. If I had a couple of pieces of crusty yeah. bread, it'd, it'd be in and there. an orange. What duck a la orange? Yes, explain the joke. <laughs> makes the joke better. Um, but yeah, I just wondered. Just it, it did make going, me think. What are you talking about? It Mark? just did make me think. The kingfisher. Have you had ever duck aleron sandwich? No. No, I've never had. <laughs> I've never had roasted kingfisher either. Oh, oh that's delicious. <laughs> it's all beak though, isn't it? No, it just made me think. <laughs> I, it really did make me think today. I just thought, I wonder why, where that timidity has come. From. Is timidity a word? Where that timid nature has come from? <laughs> Do you not have these thoughts when you? <laughs> Mm. Kingfisher, why are you so timid? <laughs> I was running after it Why to are you so delicious? <laughs> right. just, I just expected you to break into song. Do you kind of get a little kind of um, ukulele out? <laughs> yeah, no, lute. Like a sort oh, of like a... 15th century <laughs> harlequin. <Yeah. laughs> Kingfisher, why are you so timid? <laughs> It'd be a sonnet, wouldn't it? 14 lines of pure gold <laughs> yeah. and silver right, and green. I don't know. I had a nice feature and it's just talking about timid kingfishers now. I don't know where we're going. Should we move on? I've got to yeah. bring this on. We are on night otherwise with your poetry. I've got to eat a lasagna by nine. <laughs> <laughs> and take a photo of it. I've taken a photo of it. I haven't eaten it. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a minute. So you've taken... Right. No, okay. I took the photo of it before I ate it. I've eaten it, but I took a photo... Well, make your mind up. No, I have eaten one it. by nine. No, I have eaten it. Are you making things up now? No, but I just sent a picture. When I sent the picture, it looked like a meal, but it was just in the saucepan, in the frying pan. What are you take, I did fried lasagna. Take? Nothing wrong with that. No. I'm a big fan of lasagna sandwich. Talking about sandwiches. Yeah. Some people just go, what? Kick the duck out. So the crunch, you get one piece of bread, mm. you, you cut the crunchy bit off the lasagna, so mm. you get a little bit of meat, a little bit of one of the layers, and then you get the crunchy edge. Yeah. With me? Yeah. Slide in into the bread. Yeah. And if you've got chips, because some... Because I like lasagna yeah. and chips. Some people yeah. go, what, pasta? Double carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Try it. Mm. <laughs> Never go back, right? Okay. And then you just but, fold that in half. Maybe a oh, little you bit fold it in half. Okay. Yeah, a little Great. bit of tomato sauce. I don't want... 
I kind of like the little it's like a little wrap. Like a fold rather than yeah. two separate bits. There's too yeah. much there's too much possibility for seepage on two bits of bread, isn't there? Yeah. There is, yeah. These are things I think about. Yeah. <laughs> Timid kingfishers. Lovely. Then eat it. Yeah. yeah. That was that was the sign language. <laughs> no, what I was gonna say. Yeah, we're not to throw it away. <laughs> Go to all that effort, like rolling a, rolling a spliff. <laughs> Just chuck it. You're probably one of those ones that used to roll perfect spliffs for everything, everybody else. Yeah, we didn't else. smoke them. No, yeah. you just handed them out and everyone you goes, give it. it to Damo. And he's there and he it's like a work one. of art. Don't give it to Mark. He can't put it together. No, the tobacco, <laughs> it's on the inside, Mark. Yeah. Never bought drugs in his life. Never bought tobacco. <laughs> can roll a spliff. Yeah. yeah. That's me. Or just Sorry, going back to your picture. This is yeah. I've got to edit this crap. You... You you took a picture of it. Why don't you just send it? And then this person will go, oh, well done, Mark, you've eaten a lasagna. No, I have. The point is making the photo that I took wasn't any proof. Why don't you take a video of you eating it? Because <laughs> at, at, at that time, it was... I could <laughs> tell, it'd be horrendous to watch. <laughs> I'll tell you what I should have done. Just send a, a video of the duck. <laughs> what, eating your lasagna? No, no, no. This is, this is what I'm going to have later. <laughs> be more believable. Yeah. yeah, what's that timid kingfish in the background doing? <laughs> Escaping. That was pudding. <laughs> Can we move on? No, I'll be a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're running hot here. Mm. So we're going to come back to OK ne- and neutral faces. Yes, we'll next come back time. next time. OK, cool, we'll do that. So mailbag. I've, I've got a quick mailbag. So this is what I was going to, this is what I mentioned at the beginning of this, about you reading my emails. You read my mum's email and you said you were welling up. I was going, my mum hasn't, hasn't sent us an email. And I just looked in our our inbox. Yeah, and I'd opened it. Yes, and it wasn't. Do you know what you always said? You know what you said on that Mark one episode. Mark has Yes, you hadn't. I didn't know how to do it for some reason. But you said just what you do because you're polite. I do it on WhatsApp. I'd forgotten how to do it on email. I tried. I really tried. It's a bloody great email from my mum, which I'm going to yeah. read now. Okay. Did they Mark? Phew. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. She knows. I did it. A rerun from one to sixty-one. I haven't read this yet. Okay. I'm reading, I'm reading it for the first time. Do you know what's right. coming? I don't. Yeah. Oh, the bit about <laughs> the bit about us going out. <laughs> don't read that out in public. I'm, re- I'm reading the whole thing. She um, said you've never been to Hooters before. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring my mum and Hooters into the same <laughs> sentence, okay? Carry, um, on, carry on. Yeah, I did it. A rerun from episodes one to 61. I was so glad I decided to do it. I heard things I missed the first time and began to better understand the mental health issues that were raised. As I said before, this was all new to me. My generation tended to just get on with it. You're just saying this yes. in the last... Yes. She wrote this before the last episode. Yes, yes. Um, but this year has been something I never thought I'd ever have to live through. After 74 years, we had to learn a new way of living, scared of the risk of infection because of our ages and worrying about our children and grandchildren. We had our good and bad days. And by the time you started this podcast, I needed something. All the things you talked about resonated at some time with me. Sarcopenia is really interesting and the exercises you recommended, Mark, are being practiced still by both me and my husband. The vagus nerve was an eye-opener. I'd never heard of it, but it makes so much sense now. Weighted blankets. (laughs) At my age, it's bad enough trying to turn over in bed. (laughs) If I had, I'd be pinned to the bed. Uh, The principle behind them is something I've used for years, but just an ordinary extra blanket. Okay. Retro sweets brought back some memories. Did you ever see imps? Tiny yeah. little pieces of licorice Sour shit. Yeah. in small tins and flying saucers. The chalk drops you mentioned were called rainbow drops. Yeah. 
Looking back over the last six months, it's been interesting. So many things have happened that you suggested. Uh, I started taking vitamin D and intend to carry on. You'd be very happy with that, Mark. There has been much information and help in these podcasts that have helped me understand and cope with the lockdown. The one thing that's helped me most has been the laughter, jokes and Mark's stories. Don't don't encourage him. Uh, (laughs) Stay well, stay safe and carry on. Best wishes, Davo's mum. really enjoyed that and she said one today back to that kind of the um the, the, the soothsaying stuff um i'm fine podcast ahead of the bbc report on 6 p.m news about hadron collider discoveries that you <laughs> reported the other day ahead of your time <laughs> laughing emoji and she just text and it, well, it, oh it was one hour ago wolves used to have a club song when i used to go with granddad my granddad died at the ground actually oh, right. going, i think we drew with chelsea one all yeah in a european cup anyway it was the happy wanderer i love to go a wandering along the mountain track well when i go i love to sing with a knapsack on my back valderie 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 um is that like that sort of yodeling one does it go da, 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 da. But yeah that's oh, that's really? the um yeah yeah Okay, well, that's, that was what I was after. Thank you, Davis, Mum. I'm such a letdown, aren't I? <laughs> Part-time supporter. Anyway, you have mailbag, don't you, Mark? Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you a while ago, and it wasn't it wasn't um, suitable to read it out on the last pod. But I think a lot of people have noticed that Colin has been very quiet mm. recently. And I received mail, and because it was in an email form rather than in a brown envelope, I felt that I could open it. Okay. Um, and I think I've actually opened a can of worms rather than just an email. Oh, God, what's happened? So I'm going to read it out. Um, again, you haven't. The one thing I'm going to say on this is that um, I made a tongue-in-cheek remark about the ever given. You did. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. I think I, I know made the well. No, this. I no, think, you made a cut. Well, actually, I sent you a, before a, you sent me that. I made a comment. <laughs> you did make it on the. So the comment I, I made and I left was, that sexist remark in. Remark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because hopefully everyone gets got the irony. The irony of yes. Such. So I made some comment like. It was funny, to be fair. I said, how the hell did someone do that with a, with a boat in the Suez yeah. Canal? And you, <laughs> I, don't know. I think you said maybe it was her first time driving or yeah. something, like, something like that. So it was obviously tongue-in-cheek. Absolutely. But I thought it was really interesting because if someone didn't know it was tongue-in-cheek, hmm. they would go, <laughs> what sexist. A, what a couple of knobs. And right. then I th- and this is what's happened with Colin. But then I did, just, sorry, just a bit, I did send you that. There was actually that female pilot. Is that what called captain? Yeah. Pilot? Pilot, I think. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, everyone thought it was her. Yes. And she went all around the internet. Yes. And she's like, it wasn't. <laughs> but Just my, the assumption was that I actually think everybody else was sexist. If every if anybody talk, took what I took as seriously, as in mm. demeaning women, yeah. you're the sexist ones. And yeah. I'm going to explain that very quickly. Mm-hmm. I said maybe it was her first time. And I can imagine someone going, oh, you're making a joke about women not being able to reverse or whatever. What I'm making the joke is that you have assumed it was a man. Yes. So. Yeah, who's the joke on now? You're the sexists. Oh, that's one way to alienate our listeners, Mark. Only the sexist ones. We don't want them anyway. Yeah, true. No, to be fair, I don't mind them. No. There's more listeners, aren't there? Yeah. It's good for the stats. (laughs) You might not enjoy this. Seriously, this is a a warning. One of the things that I think we agreed early on with the... um, podcast is we are fairly vague about people that yeah we'll mention your mum but quite often people are either given nicknames we don't go into necessarily into other individuals do we and Colin has always been Colin has has preferred the personal pronoun of she which we've respected but I don't think we've ever gone into details about you know Colin's backstory or life no she's just been you know merrily working on yeah as our help for yeah well, since the beginning. And yeah. 
she has now left. Um, oh. I just thought she had gone out for some milk. <laughs> so... To be fair, it was three months. <laughs> there are some yogurt then. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it's not milk. Um, so this is the email. Dear, and there are bits of this that I do feel offended by, I must say. Oh, crikey. Okay. Go um, on, let's, let's hear it. Certainly nothing I would have written. Uh, dear Chuckle Brothers. Again, I don't even like that to start with. <laughs> what? This is going to take a while to get through if you find that bit funny. I saw the Chuckle Brothers at um, at a festival, and all they did was say to me, to you, and everyone just cheered for half an hour. It was... It's, anyway. Well, to you. It has taken me... No, to you. <laughs> I've got that. I'm yeah. that. Okay. It has taken me two weeks to summon up the emotional strength to communicate to you the full reasons for my sudden and devastating exit. Strong, strong start. Firstly, however... I hope you're both well and that now we are socialising again. Would you put that first? <laughs> yes, it's like it came in with a bombshell. Yeah, and then soft, it's going to soften us up again. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's, it, it is a, a mishmash. I think it's of a confused brain who wrote this. Um, I hope you're both well and now we are socialising again. <laughs> Sorry, do that. Sorry, Mark. That's I dropped, okay. dropped my pen. Say again. Um, firstly, I hope you are both well and that now we are socialising again. You will be able to flourish in the company of others and you can return to the idle chatter of the coffee shops. And at this stage, I thought, you know, we've had our differences, but fair enough. Yeah. The last 30 weeks, obviously the time of the pod, has, has been a roller coaster of emotions. But I hope that my smiling face and willing hands have brought succor to you both. Now, on second reading, <laughs> I'm dying. I decided I'd leave that, but it's, I'm not too sure where, where she's going. She's using your word sucker. Yeah, she's misspelt it, which is even oh. more worrying. Okay. Didn't they spell check? So, next paragraph. I believe that since you set up your amateur, self-congratulatory, repugnant podcast, mm. you have changed from the caring people I once loved and respected into two supercilious hellions striving to sow the evil seeds of your own self-satisfying stream of consciousness. And again, there's, there's been another <laughs> twist there. Good use of hellions, though. I'll oh, give her that. Lovely. The change... Nay, a Kafkaesque metamorphosis has forced me out from a job I truly loved. Forced me out like the pus from a teenager's acne cheek. Again, graphic and maybe not a need. I didn't know she's such a writer. No. <laughs> In the expectation that you will attempt to use this letter as content, I have copyright protected the content and will be sure to take legal action should you attempt to broadcast any of my heartfelt prose that has been typed between a flurry of tears and angst. I will revoke my usual effusive writing style to dilute your parasitic tendencies. I'm guessing by that she doesn't want us to get content from this letter, but I go, right. yeah. sue and be damned. I'm yeah. not going to be dictated to. No, it's not your style. She's then listed in, in, in a number of areas the things that have upset her. Oh. Number one, mailbag. How very fucking typical. How very Damo and Mark. Mailbag. Really, mailbag. Could you be any more adversarial? She's obviously spelt mailbag M-A-L-E, which I think is probably <laughs> just a grammatical confusion. I think oh, she was thinking we mailbag was referring to something completely different. Yeah. And she's just missed her. Yes, uh, yeah. Your constant sure. fascism towards promotions of gender generalization breaks down any pretense of equality and fairness. Mailbag should be removed immediately. And I recognize the irony of my letter being nestled in your mailbags. This sends shudders through my body. <laughs> 
Okay, number God, two. There's a few of these. It has been scientifically proven that podcasters are 73% more up themselves than normal people. Normal's in bold. <laughs> you are a group of dysfunctional individuals purporting to be knowledgeable, but merely being slaves to the social media databases that you so vehemently despise. Mm. Sitting in the comfort of your IKEA chairs, your world of oak tables and your DFS sofas. All right. They show that you are tied to the establishment like a Shetland pony, tilling the land in a 17th century rural-based novel in a reflection of some dystopian past, which you tried to recreate and perpetuate by harnessing my power and my free will within a metaphysical yoke. Again, there's a lot there to take I'm in. I'm trying to work out whether this is good or bad, Mark. Can, can you give them any comments? <laughs> <laughs> the, next one, the next one's more down your level. That was, that was a bit um, literary. Number three, football teams. Your mm. football teams reflect your arrogance. Oh. Wolves sums up your anti-vegan bias. And Bristol Rovers, a name that combines a slang word for breasts with a verm that indicates roving hands. The next bit, there's another change in her mood, which I found interesting. Right. It starts off quite aggressive. You are parasitic whores, <laughs> consuming the ambrosia and nectar of the gods whilst I toil in insufferable emotional poverty, with my only offerings being tongue whippings that consign me to an existence of meagre fallow suffering. She's obviously not happy with our little wit, you know. Our little comments no, to her. No, no. In brackets, in view of this, I've decided to keep the 2019 Ford Focus GL company car as all property is theft. I would also be grateful if you could forward details of my pension plan, private health providers, plus will the gym membership run until December 2021 as I'm halfway through a hot yoga BTEC qualification. Yeah, I think I think we'd... We'll stand by that. Yeah, I mean, we're... Parasitic we're, or not. I mean, no matter what she said, I feel we're men of honour. <laughs> Men of our word. Um, my final reason for leaving is the subtle undermining of society that you both are catalysts for. Your insidious attacks and propagation of anti-societal norms are like the slow drip of water on a fragile limestone rock. I've been in touch with Sparrow and Punctuation, then in brackets two close friends who are my source of support. My umbrellas, if you will, to protect me from the waterfall of piss that you shower and infect those all around you. And she said, I leave you with some proof. Episode 3, The World is Wonky. Trust you to hit out at nonconformism. Episode 4, Be careful what you put in your mouth. In brackets, I'll move on. Um, also, oh my God. Also see 33 blowing up tanks. Um, <laughs> number 11, the one, this one's for the lads, but no definition, just your outdated adherence to society stereotypes. Mm. And my nana was cottagecore, in brackets, racist and ageist. Great. I mean, I should come to mention it. <laughs> there, is a, there is a theme there. Um, I will be in action at Canary Wharf this morning. Oh, that's interesting. I'd forgotten she'd put that. Um, obviously, she, with she Extinction pro Rebellion. She protested. Oh, right. Yeah. I will be in action at Canary Wharf this morning, but hopefully, bail permitting, I'll be hosting a midnight vigil on the night of this April the 7th outside your podcast HQ. Brackets, Gulag. I've received authority from the district council and we intend to occupy your front lawn and also sprinkle biodegradable confetti over your gas-guzzling fleet. I think that's a reference to your, oh, your, th your two cars. Yeah. P.S. I have attached a form from my new employers and would be grateful if you could provide a reference. Oh, right, okay. P.P.S. I'm assuming the hire of your holiday cottage will still go ahead with the 75% staff discount. And then P.P.S. Sparrow's offspring is looking for a sponsor for their Duke of Edinburgh bronze badge. Maybe you could help with this as reparation for your earlier slander of the royals. Mm -hmm. Love and kisses as ever, Colin. Oh. So. So she leaving? Is that what? <laughs> it's hard to tell. 
But I, I'm getting the feeling that she's had enough. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so well, I was wondering whether we wanted to put out an a ad. advert. Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. You've just kind of set it up nicely. I mean, yeah. I'd imagine the, the the emails will be flooding in now. Yeah, won't they? Yeah. Now they've got people have got an idea of what we're like to work with. Well, I'm sad, but I'm kind of. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It is. Yeah, she'll be sorely missed. Yeah. Let's just move on. That's it for this episode. We should do two a week with the material we've got. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far. And thanks for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Finecast and send your feedback and ideas to I'm Finecast at gmail.com. As you can see, we'll read it out. Uh, don't forget to give us a five-star review if on Apple Podcasts and do tell a friend or two. In the next episode, now next week, we'll be talking to, we'll have an interview with a lovely fella called Miguel Toribio Mateus from Atlas Biomed, who's an expert in the gut-brain axis. Um, And he's already very kindly taken me through my DNA and microbiome Mm -hmm. results. Uh, And he's agreed to have a chat with us and give us some more insight on that. Uh, It will definitely reveal some very interesting links between our gut health and our mental health. And also, if that wasn't enough, the wonderful Elena from Atlas Biomed has kindly given our listeners mm-hmm. a 30%, 30% discount mm-hmm. on both the DNA and microbiome tests, which we'll reveal in the next pod. Love that. Yeah. So that's all coming up in the next episode. So we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye.